You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you on a Friday, a gorgeous day in the capital city on the Big Talker 1700. Trent, I like, I'm like so jacked here. Because right now, ESPN is running their college open by Big and Rich. Well, we're coming to your city. Aren't you excited? Doesn't that get you ready for football? That is awful music, Jimmy B. Awful, Oh, that's great music. It's great music. Uh, You're you're taking us back to yesterday when we went down this path, and uh, we learned more about your awful taste in music. Let's stay away (laughs) from that today. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) We'll get into the world of sports instead, because our, our musical knowledge as a whole isn't exactly great. You think you know music, Jimmy B. I at least understand my limitations. You, on the other hand, I, do you still get up and sing when you're at the bar? If, if people want to bring you on stage, do you still do that? Why not? <laughs> Why not? <sighs> Trent, look, here's my philosophy. If you can throw it down, then throw it down. Right. Okay? Right, right. When, I'm in, when I'm in the grave... I won't be able to do it anymore. Well, that's true. That's true. You okay? You always have fun. There, there is no taking that away from you, Jimmy B. You are the life of the party. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I'd still enjoy a good time, and and that's what life is supposed to be. You know, you can be some old rat bastard sitting at home on his couch in his underwear and never do anything. That's why. That's why I tell I tell people all the time that it's always better to be a has-been than a never-have. And the most of the people who are the never-haves are the people who bitch on Twitter and goofy websites all the time because they've never done it. So, Trent, you, that's, look, at you got to give it a go. you got to give it a go. I, people say, well, I'm going to run a marathon. I ran one marathon in my entire life just so I could say I did it. And you did it. And, and I said, and I survived, yeah. You you live to tell another day. Well, yes. many people are surviving in a different way today, Jimmy B, as they are looking at all those zeros in their end of their paycheck after oh, the NFL boy. draft last night, Jim. We talked to Ken Silverstein yesterday on the program, what Cleveland was going to do at the top of the draft. And, and here we are, Baker Mayfield, a guy that had to walk on to Texas Tech, then leaves Texas Tech because he wasn't guaranteed the job, goes to Oklahoma, walks on again, wins that job, takes his team to the college football playoff, and now he is the number one pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, I, it's amazing. It's, he's the only guy who was ever a walk-on to start in college and start now, well, at least be drafted number one in the NFL. The only guy. Look, we, we, we were doing the show yesterday, and the story started the break that it wasn't going to be Josh Allen. It wasn't going to be Sam Darnold. It was going to be Baker Mayfield. And everybody started scrambling, Trent. What? They've made that change to Baker? So all I, all I know is, is that we saw him a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and the kid could play. He can play. And the knock on him, of course, is that he's six feet tall. The knock is is that he doesn't have the Josh Allen arm. The knock on him is that is he more like Johnny Manziel off the field than a professional off the field? I, look, everybody's got warts. 
and he, and he has his fair share, but all I know is is that that guy shows up every game, Trent, that I watched out of Oklahoma, and he shows up and he's going to play and he's going to play hard. You can't ask for anything more than that. Where was he in the second half of the game against Iowa State? Hey, look, he still threw three touchdowns in that game and threw for over 300 yards, okay? So you can't put it all on the QB. Can't do that. The, look, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's defense wasn't good. Iowa State got him, got him good. I'm not taking anything away from Iowa's win. I'm just saying you can't not hang that loss on Baker Mayfield, who did throw three touchdown passes and throw for over 300 yards. In the you first half. you got to hang that one in, on. In the first yeah. half. In the in second the first, half. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have a big game in the second half. Joel, Joel Lanning stopped him on fourth yeah. down. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I'm just look. It was. A, it was. It's the best. Aside maybe from the Oklahoma State upset in Ames a few years back, the win over Oklahoma on the road. Those are pretty. They're pretty close to being even, wouldn't you say? I, I would put the Oklahoma win way above when, that. That I was okay Oklahoma because it was a. Yeah, because okay. it was on the road. We, we've road seen game. Iowa State in the road past game. pull upsets yep. in Jack yep. Price before. We, we've seen them do that. We had never saw what we saw in, in those terms, a road no. victory like that to go down there. And that signaled, in the end, what did that win do? It, what did that win against Oklahoma State do for that program? Not a whole lot. Now, they plateaued, and they never were able to get back to heights that maybe some people expected under Paul Rhodes and, and what they were building there. That game, what they did last year against Oklahoma, I think signals what they can be going forward, yeah. what they're going to be. That is going to be looked back, I think, a lot more importantly, and that'll be the one Cyclone fans will be bouncing the grandkids on the knee about, not the Oklahoma. The Oklahoma State game was fun. You get to do it at home. More importantly, right. what they did last year against Oklahoma. I, 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 I always value road wins more than I do home wins. Abs- absolutely. And, and, that, and, and that was coming on the quarterback situation as well. Mm-hmm. So, look, and, and, I mean, it was, it was a monumental win for not only Iowa State, but for Matt Campbell and the coaching staff. And I think that opened a lot of eyes from high school players where Iowa State was trying to make in, uh, inroads, and I think that that game put them maybe over the top on some of the kids that they were able to sign. Jimmy B, uh, after the number one pick, Saquon Barkley at number two. No big shocker yeah. there. That's been talked about a lot. Jets got their quarterback. Sam Darnold is the pick. And then the Browns, well, they're going to brown on you. They get Denzel Ward, who, I mean, most people had as a top ten guy. It wasn't a huge stretch, but nobody thought that he was going to be going at number four. Good cover corner, can play press coverage, all these different things, but he doesn't make plays on the ball. He if he can shut down a side, that's great, but not great mm-hmm. ball skills there. Hopefully for uh, Cleveland, this is not a ju- another Justin Gilbert. Well, oh, wow. Wow. That's a name from the past. Good job. Look, this will be interesting to see how Ward translates. He's not the biggest guy. He has trouble keeping weight on throughout the season as well. I liked it. I watched a little bit of the uh, press conference that he and Baker Mayfield had today in Cleveland. And one of the questions to Ward was his weight. And they said, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to eat. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great response. I'm going to eat. <laughs> Get the- and look, in the, yeah, 
in the NFL, I, look, I've been in training camps, and they feed the media, and man, oh, man, oh, man, is it good food, and is there a lot of it? So it is pasta and steak and potatoes and, I mean, and greens. Uh, they, they'll put weight on the kid, but he might just be one of those guys that, you know, during the course of the season, he just, uh, you know, loses weight as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how it's going to play out, Red. We both know how good he was at Ohio State. So he can be, can he be a shutdown guy on one side of the field? I'm sure that's what Cleveland is hoping for. All right, from there, five, six, boring, chub, good to the Broncos. Nelson, yeah. offensive lineman, kind of boring. All right, let's go to your old stomping grounds, Jimmy B. Josh Allen, you, were, uh, you talked a lot about Josh Allen throughout even coming into last year as he made his way yeah. into Kinnick Stadium. I think he's going to be a bust. Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, I think you're wrong just because he won't have to play immediately unless something happens to A.J. McCarron. That way he can sit and absorb. Uh, It's one of those things where, A, he's used to playing in the kind of weather that Buffalo has. can be cold, snowy, windy, nasty weather. And we all know that his physical attributes uh, are off the chart. Legit 6'5", can throw it 100 yards, uh, is an athletic kid, can move in the pocket, big, tough, strong. Now, the question becomes, will his accuracy improve, and will he be able to read complicated NFL defenses? What their defensive coordinators are so good at disguising coverage. Look, it's, it's a crapshoot. They look. They, I remember covering them, Trent, doing a television show for them, and they moved up to get E.J. Manuel, and everybody thought, "Oh my God, what a great deal!" And I'm, t- I'm thinking to myself, I'm not sure. Well, the guy never amounted to anything. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was just a. He turned out just to be a backup QB. That's it. I mean, they handed him the keys to the car, and he couldn't. He couldn't handle it. That's why I think this situation is going to be different. Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor in Cleveland. Mayfield doesn't have to start right away. Same situation with the New York Jets. QB doesn't have to start right away. In, uh, in, in Josh Allen, when Arizona moved up to grab him out of uh, UCLA, he doesn't have to start right away. Sam Bradford is there. So this is different than it has been in the past where I think quarterbacks were selected and they were forced into starting immediately. So I don't think we're going to get a true read on Josh Allen in Buffalo. I will tell you this. Uh, You were just probably a little pipsqueak of a kid. When Jim Kelly was drafted by the Buffalo Bills, There was a league called the USFL, and they competed for players with the NFL. I did some USFL games. Jim Kelly went to the USFL. He played for the Houston Gamblers for two years. Two years he played in the USFL before the league folded. Then his draft draft rights uh, with Buffalo kicked in, goes to Buffalo, Trent, he did not get good until two and a half years into the season. 
And the reason I know this is because I talked to Bill Polian about it, and I was watching earlier today Polian on the ESPN set reference that story, and it brought it back to me. It took Kelly two and a half seasons to finally start to get it and break out. They thought he was going to be a bust after, uh, after season one. And he was still struggling in season two till about halfway through, and all of a sudden the light bulb went on, and we know the rest. Four Super Bowls, etc. even though they didn't win. Uh, the guy's in the Hall of Fame. So from that aspect, I think that they're hoping Josh Allen translates similar to what they had with Jim Kelly. Yeah, that, that is the hope. All right, let's get into the locals here before we run out. The Bears at number okay. eight. Jimmy B., yeah. you uh, were with me two years ago. We were out at Old Draft House 50, now Grumpy, uh, the, the Grumpy Goat Tavern over on Mill Civic. I was upset about the draft choice at that time. Last yep. year, I think I was even more upset as they traded up one <laughs> spot to get Mitchell Trubisky. This yes. year, I had a smile on my face ear to ear after at number eight they bring in Rokon Smith. I, rangy guy, will play in the middle there, the 3-4 defense. Hey, he's not your prototypical, the old days of a 4-3 linebacker. It's a different day and age. He can run sideline to sideline. If you watched any Georgia last year, you saw him always making plays. I'm super excited about this one. Wow, what a change. Yeah. Because you were were like fit to be tied, especially when they got Leonard Floyd and then then Trubisky. I I thought I really thought I was going to be doing the show by myself for a couple of days. I just thought you were going to go to the basement and not come out. I really thought that. <laughs> not too bad. I'm glad you're back. I'm, I'm back. glad you're back. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> so the Packers were at 14. They trade down to 18 with uh, making a move down. And they get a first-round pick out of the move there. How about a tip yeah. of the ball cap to the new front office there? Getting a first rounder, moving down just four spots, and and they get a cornerback that they like, and Alexander from Louisville. Look, he's a very good player, very good player. Played in a played in a very good conference, and they they need help in that defensive secondary. We all know that they've got a lot of needs, Trent. A lot of needs, and I think once the second round begins, the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, I think you'll see them. Look for more defense, and I also think that you'll see them look for some offensive help, like wide receiver spots. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of still, there's still a lot of good wide receivers. There are still a lot of really good running backs that are available as well. So from that aspect, you know, referencing the teams that, you know, you're disappointed that your guy didn't get selected in the first round. There are a lot of really good players still left in rounds two, three, and four. Yes, a lot of depth in this draft, and uh, certainly I think the Packers put themselves in a very good position going forward. They did. And, and now I just got to figure out how to say the new GM's name. Do you got this? Uh, you got this one? Ted Thompson was a lot easier than Brian <laughs> Gutekunst. I think that's how you th- say it. I think that's it. I'm, I'm, look, it's as, that's as good for me as it is for you. I'll go with Gutekunst. Okay, I'm good. That, that's, we'll, we'll go with that until we're told differently. And uh, we'll as, run far, down. as far as I'm concerned, I could just call him Brian. Brian, yeah. GM Brian of the Packers. That's the easiest way to go. <laughs> Finally, on the local front with the Chiefs without a first-rounder, the Vikings. We're yep. going to talk Vikings next with their buddy B.J. Rydell. Uh, Mike Hughes, uh, I, I was not overly impressed with this one. Okay. All right. Did you have a feeling that Josh Jackson might have been 
a guy that they would have looked at yep, then. That, that was a part of it, certainly. Uh, I, I like Jackson certainly more than Hughes. Uh, admittedly, seen a lot more Joshua Jackson right. than, than Mike Hughes throughout his time there at Central Florida. But character issues to go along with it. I, yeah. I think this tells you, though, maybe the future uh, of Trey Wayne's with uh, the pick of Mike Hughes there. But we'll get into the Vikings here a little bit uh, coming up right after the break. Sound good, Jim? That sounds like a plan to me. Let's do it. Quick timeout, everybody. B.J. Rydell on the way on the Vikes and the NFL draft as well. On the Big Talker, 1700. Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG. Simple enough. Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory trained service department and will work on any American-made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa featuring Mighty M Industrial Pressure Washers. Mighty M built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. Washer Systems of Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or online washersystems.com. My name is Becky Mumi, and I'm with the Sparkle Run. This is our fifth year of the Sparkle Run in memory of Aaron Mumi, who passed away from leukemia in October of 2013. The Sparkle Run benefits local nonprofits who support families affected by childhood cancer. This year's event is on Sunday, May 6th, and will benefit the Pinky Swear Foundation, who supports families through rent and mortgage payments, car payments, insurance, child care, and gas cards. We will have family activities and packet pickup from 12 to 2 p.m., a 5K walk and run at 2 p.m., and a one-mile fun run at 3 p.m. All of this is held at DMAC in Ankeny. For more information or to register, go to getmeregister.com backslash the sparkle run. Sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Most lawn food doesn't care whether it's feeding your grass or feeding your weeds. But BioAdvanced All-in-One at the Home Depot knows the difference. Its all-in-one solution feeds your lawn while killing weeds, including crabgrass, starting at just $24.98. About the cost of a nice dinner for you, or your lawn, but not your weeds. BioAdvanced All-in-One, starting at just $24.98, every day at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Selection varies by store. Paying more for paint doesn't make it better paint. It just makes it more expensive. The Home Depot carries some of the highest quality paint brands in America, but you'd never know it by the price. Like top-rated Bear Premium Plus, starting at only $25.98 a gallon. Look around. You can always find a higher price, but you won't find better paint. Quality paint. Lower price. Now with 100% satisfaction guarantee. Only at the Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. See store for details. Guys, Trent Condon here again for New Leaf Wellness. Warm weather is going to be here before you know it, and if you added some pounds during the winter, New Leaf Wellness can help you. Great treatment programs designed specifically for you. I'm on the GAC and Mick. It has helped me not just lose weight with my energy level, no more lulls in the afternoon. Give them a call today. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation. 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness Centers. 
Is your child an animal lover? Host their birthday party at the Animal Rescue League of Iowa. The birthday guests will experience a mock adoption and take home their own plush animal. There will be face painting and also a visit from cuddly animals. This two-hour birthday party will allow time for birthday cake, gift opening, and a tour of the facility. We are now accepting reservations for next month. Get more information at arl-iowa.org backslash birthdays. All of us parents have heard about skyrocketing college tuition costs and staggering student loan debt for graduates and naturally wonder, what can you do? We can help. Hi, this is Mike Hammond, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services located in West Des Moines. A 529 college savings plan allows parents or relatives to set aside money for their future college students and possibly save on taxes too. With an automatic monthly savings plan, this makes for a simple and steady way to add to this account. For information, visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440 440- one one three three. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind. And our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Hey guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first. But then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today. Special engagement pricing going on now through April 30th. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com. Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. Welcome back, Jimmy B and TC, with you until 6 o'clock here tonight as we continue to break down the NFL draft. Right now, time to get into the Minnesota Vikings. We'll take a recap of our, all the locals coming up next week, but a chance to talk with our buddy BJ Rydell right now as he joins us here today. BJ, what's happening? Not a whole lot. Just doing the same thing you are. Looking forward to tonight's uh, continuation of the NFL draft. Yes, and uh, it was a long wait for Vikings fans last night. A lot of speculation. What would Rick Spielman be doing? The GM, he has been a mover and shaker in the past. He decides to stay at number 30. Leading up to the draft, is that what you anticipated, or did you feel like there was a good chance that he'd be moving one way or the other? So one thing I have learned with Rick Spielman is to never try to anticipate anything when it comes to the NFL draft. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, like you said, he is a mover and a shaker. Um, he will do anything and everything to get the best possible player um, in the Vikings' room, um, and he acted accordingly. I mean, he said during his press conference yesterday that they were that they ended up staying at thirty to take the best player available, and that was Mike Hughes on their board. Um, so he he was ranked number fifteen overall player, I believe, on Mike Mayock's board as well. Um, so it looks like a great value pick for the Vikings. But like you said, you know, it's, um, it's a type of situation where Spielman has kind of um, conditioned everyone to think that he's going to look offensive line. And for me, it's no surprise that he ends up going cornerback, um, a position the Vikings have taken the first round a couple times over the last couple of years. 
Uh, you referenced Hughes there and the uh, and the pick out of Florida. Did you get a chance to uh, watch film on him, see him play a little bit? And if so, uh, why did he stand out then for that particular pick for Minnesota? I did, I did. Uh, you know, if you know anything about me, it's that I, I love cornerbacks. It's my favorite position to watch and, uh, I guess, evaluate in my own mind. So Mike Hughes jumped off the board for me right away. Uh, you know, I looked at guys like Josh Jackson as well from Iowa, who's you know, still on the board now, um, and Jair Alexander from uh, Louisville. Uh, but Mike Hughes really stood out to me in a couple of different ways, and he fits the Vikings scheme uh, you know, for, for various different reasons. The number one thing that I saw from Mike Hughes uh, is that he's a guy that can press and jam at the line of scrimmage, and he can also pattern match in coverage. So those are a couple of things that I, like, I kind of learned from just watching him schematically speaking and why he would fit for the Vikings specifically. Um, you look at the way that he'll get up on the line of scrimmage and be able to kind of take control of the wide receiver, um, and after that he sticks on his man. So he looks like a no- number one cornerback on film. My problem with him is his size. So you look at him, I believe he's 5'10", 1'8", and so that, Mike Zimmer said in his press conference yesterday, that that does barely fit their stereotype for a cornerback. Uh, for me personally, that's a little bit small. I like my outside cornerbacks to be a little bit more lengthy. Uh, but at the same time, he fits the Vikings scheme. And Mike Zimmer also said that, you know, with the way that this league is moving right now, uh, you're looking at more three and four wide receiver sets. So this isn't necessarily a shot at Mackenzie Alexander, for example, who a lot of people are just instantly jumping on and saying, well, this is kind of a warning sign to Mackenzie Alexander if he needs to play better. Um, I don't really think that's the case. I thought Alexander played pretty well last year out of the nickel spot, and a lot better than expected after Captain Munnerlin left. I think this is a move to get, you know, to increase kind of the depth at the position with Terrence Newman likely to retire. Um, there have been reports surfacing that, you know, that he may retire or that he may not, and with that being up in the air, um, it's good to get another young player and a guy kind of of his, you know, of his build as well. He's um, also a very smart player that can return kicks, too. So, um, with Jarek McKinnon bolting for San Francisco, Cordero Patterson now being in New England, you know, Percy Harvin long gone. Um, the Vikings are also looking for a kick return guy. And Stacey Coley has came up in that regard. Uh, but I think the Vikings had a great value here, both to add depth at cornerback and also to get a guy that can return kicks. All right. So uh, from there, it's a look forward. A cornerback has been taken. What does that signal to you about the future of Trey Waynes, who has improved? It was a rough start to him in his career. Sure. Terrence Newman coming up at the end of his career also. But does this mean that Trey Wayne's days uh, might be numbered in Minnesota? Don't expect maybe a contract extension with a lot of them do coming up on that defense. Right. So that's an interesting point that you're making there. You know, with the salary cap situation, the Vikings still are in pretty good shape. They have just extended Eric Kendricks, and I believe they're sitting at around $10 million in space, if I remember correctly. Um, so Trey Wayne's fifth-year option is certainly plausible at this point. Um, what I would say about Trey Wayne's here is what this might signal. Um, it's kind of it's another kind of challenge for Wayne's to stay on the outside. Um, because if he wants to stay on the outside, which is generally where cornerbacks want to play because – you know, they can make more money out there um, being a number one or a number two, and Xavier Rhodes has kind of locked down that number one spot. Um, he needs to kind of get his act together even more so. So I thought Wayne's played tremendous um, towards the end of last season, but the season ended with Wayne's, one of Wayne's worst performances in that NFC Championship game. So uh, to me, this doesn't necessarily mean anything for Wayne's at this point in time. Uh, what it does mean to me is that Wayne's is 
probably the candidate to start opposite Rhodes in the number two capacity on the outside with Mackenzie Alexander sticking in the nickel. Uh, but I do think that with a contract situation coming up with Waynes, I believe this, it kind of creates a, um, a do-or-die situation, which honestly I think the Vikings love doing that to their players because it kind of maximizes their talent. Interesting. B.J. Rydell is our guest on the Big Talker 1700. Okay, rounds two and three tonight. Do you got an inkling of where Minnesota is going to uh, dip their toe into the draft for what type of players? Sure. You know, uh, I think the obvious one here is offensive line. Uh, you know, the Vikings addressed a ton of different positions this offseason. Um, you know, getting the quarterback in Kirk Cousins, they've obviously foregoed or forewent, I suppose, the opportunity to get Lamar Jackson. Um, so quarterback is certainly not a need anymore. Um, you look at the wide receiver positions, pretty stable, but there is some, you know, they did sign Tavares King, um, who, you know, could come in as a good depth player. Uh, but I would look at wide receiver as kind of a sleeper pick, possibly, you know, looking at the best player available once again tonight. Uh, but offensive line has to be, you know, the first position in mind. Um, I look at guys like James Daniels, uh, who Trent and I have actually spoken with on Twitter before about. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him a lot. I think he's very talented as an interior lineman and a guy that can move around quite a bit um, you know, from guard to center. Uh, but I also think that you have to look at offensive tackle as well. You, know, you like what you have in Riley Reef. Uh, Mike Remmers has shown a capacity to play right tackle, but I think that he's probably better suited inside just because of his size. So it's a situation for me where – um, I would look offensive guard probably in the second round or offensive center. The Vikings kind of like to get, get guys that can do both things. Uh, but, I, you know, again, I, I, I don't try to get into Rick Spielman's mind simply because he is going to take the best player on their board, and the Vikings are in a position right now with a very loaded roster where they, have, they can do that. They can do what the Patriots have been doing for years, what the Seattle Seahawks have been doing for years, and simply taking the best player available and plugging them into their system. Well, we, we talked about a couple of Hawkeyes. I uh, want to get your thoughts on one guy that was there for his rookie season a season ago, Jaleel Johnson. How, how's the development going there with the depth up front? He hasn't needed a ton at this point, but what's the future in your mind for Jaleel Johnson? Well, that's an interesting situation. You, know, you bring in Sheldon Richardson, who is tremendously talented, a, first, a former first-round pick, um, and a guy that sort of bounced around the league since you know, kind of having some trouble with the Jets um, internally, I suppose, based off the reports that I have seen. Um, he seems tremendously motivated from what I have seen from him. Um, so I would expect him to be the starting three technique, and then Linville Joseph obviously is going to stick around at nose tackle, being one of the best at his position in the entire NFL. So uh, Julio Johnson's kind of in the tough spot right now um, from a career standpoint. But Kind of from a growth standpoint, I think he's learning behind two guys that are both tremendously, tremendously talented. Um, it's a matter of can he get the right mindset and kind of wait his turn. Um, you know, we've talked in the past about Johnson and kind of his ability to rush the passer and also eat up space. So, you know, I like his, you know, his ability and his versatility. But, you know, entering the 2018 season, you know, as of April 27th, I would look at him as kind of a rotational player. Um, a guy that can kind of play 15 to 20 snaps, uh, whether that's at three technique, three technique or zero, uh, I'm not sure. Again, Mike Zimmer is another guy that I don't even try to get inside his head anymore. <laughs> uh, let me follow up with this. I know that you watched the entire first round. Uh, I was real curious because when Denver came up, they did not select a quarterback. Mm. They have Case Keenum. You saw Keenum play every every game, practice, everything. 
Did they do the right thing by letting Case Keenum take the keys to the car and be the number one guy there and not now? That doesn't mean they won't pick a quarterback in the second or third round with, say, Mason Rudolph, Luke Falk. I mean, there are names out there. But but you saw Keenum uh, much more closely than what we get to see just on, on a TV game. Is, is he the right guy to take them and make them a playoff team this year? Well, anytime you're talking about the quarterback position, especially as, you know, as kind of the way it's moving in this league, um, that becomes kind of a polarizing and a bit of a loaded question, but I love to answer it anyways. Uh, you know, Keenum is a guy who, from my vantage point, enters every situation with the right mentality. I don't believe that he is the most physically talented player that you're going to see. Um, I really like the way that he approaches the game. Uh, he's a, he's a, you know, a very strong competitor. Um, he gave Minnesota arguably, if not definitively, the greatest moment in Minnesota sports history in the Minneapolis Miracle. So I think that he has the capacity for greatness, and I think that he has proven that at this point. Now, at the same time, it's a one-year sample size, and you have to look back at what he did in, you know, when he was in Los Angeles slash St. Louis and also Houston and kind of think to yourself, well, you know, this guy was very, very good for most of the 2017 season. Can he repeat that? And that's the million-dollar question right there. Denver certainly seems to think so, paying him an average annual salary of $9 million. But they've also got Paxton Lynch behind him, who they took in the first round out of Memphis a couple of years ago. So... In Denver's situation, I would think they probably are leaning on Keenum and playing defense the way that they approach that and taking Bradley Chubb in the first round to pair with Vaughn Miller. Um, so they're kind of moving in a situation where they're not relying as much on the quarterback as they are on their defense to win football games. So I could certainly see them taking a Luke Falk, for example, or a Mason Rudolph, as you said. Um, but at the same time, I think they are fairly well set uh, with Paxton Lynch and Chad Kelly behind him as kind of two guys, two younger guys with a lot of potential. Good stuff. Hey, BJ, out of time for today. We will try to track you down next week. Put a cap on everything that the Vikings are doing with the draft and look forward. Thanks, as always, for your time. Excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. BJ Rydell joining us. A deep dive into the Vikings, Jimmy B. From uh, Minnesota, next we go to Southwell. Jeff Horner, I believe, is on his way to Minnesota right now. The former Hawkeye yeah. point guard, he's going to join us next and heading up for an AAU tournament. Yeah, that's uh, great. I can't wait to talk to him. Look, this is a great story. Uh, I covered him when he was the coach at Valley, and he mm-hmm. coached Peter Jock. I'm looking forward to this, Trent. Let's go. Got Jeff Horner coming up on the other side as we take you up until 6 here. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus, and online at the Rookie Sports Card. 
Woods. Another nice day across central Iowa with lots of sunshine and a high near 74. It'll turn windy this afternoon and this evening and will be a little cooler overnight with a low near 39. I'm Local 5 meteorologist Brandon Lawrence. Sponsored by Shell. Get the feeling of being rewarded with gold status at Shell with the Fuel Rewards Program. Download the Fuel Rewards app, join, and start saving five cents a gallon today. Hi, Tom Bodette here. Apparently it's super cool to do this voice when you're trying to be real serious. It's called vocal fry. Yeah. So I just want to stress how at Motel 6 you can get a great room for a great low pride. <coughs> How do they keep this up? I feel like I have mono. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the lozenge on for you. Light. I meant light. You just get it through the experience. I'm a fan of a lot of our fast, casual cuisine. I love the theater and the shopping. My kids love to go to the parks. There's a lot going on musically. If you can't find things to do in Des Moines, you must be boring. This is a magical place. Don't miss out. Visit CatchDesMoines.com and plan your getaway to Greater Des Moines. Catch what you've been missing. To enjoy life indoors during Iowa's hottest months, call Logier Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save $3,400 or more with combined rebates on a new Dave Lennox signature system from Logier. Check out LogierHeatingCooling.com for details. For over 110 years, Logier has made Central Iowans happy inside. See customer reviews on Google, Facebook, and the Des Moines BBB website. Call Logier at 267-1000. We make you happy inside. Welcome back, everybody. We continue here on the Big Talker 1700. Uh, pleased to be joined by now Truman State head basketball coach Jeff Horner. Jeff, that's got to have a very good ring to it. Head basketball coach Truman State. I'll I'll take it. So I, I'm uh, I'm really excited about about my new job. And uh, like I told the AD the other day when he when he uh, offered me the job, I almost jumped through the phone and gave him a big hug. So. <laughs> Uh, it sounds good to me, and uh, hopefully it stays that way. Well, um, all right. Now, let me, let, Trent. Let me just follow up real quick here. Uh, I I did my homework on this. You are the thirteenth basketball coach at Truman State. Are you okay with being the thirteenth, which is always everybody says is a bad number? <laughs> well, hopefully I can. Uh, hopefully I can break that uh, that mold. So. Um, being number thirteen, that's all right. I was uh, I wore thirteen my freshman year of high school, and uh, I had okay. pretty good numbers there. <laughs> yes, you did up in Basin City, and, and you've been bouncing around, of course, coaching here in West Des Moines with the uh, Valley Tigers for a number of years, bringing them a state championship, and and then uh, recently you made the move and jumped into collegiate coaching up at North Dakota. Before we get into uh, your new job at Truman State. Take us back. We got to see you coach here in the state of Iowa when uh, your squad took on the Hawkeyes and, and coaching up there with the former Hawkeye assistant that you know well and Brian Jones. Yeah, I mean, it was a great experience up there. Brian Jones obviously took a chance on me, you know, four years ago and allowed me to come into his program, and he knew I wanted to get into college coaching too, but it was still bittersweet to uh, leave Valley High School because Brad Rose gave me my first opportunity to be, a, to be a coach, and I'll be forever thankful for him, but um, you know, I think he knew that I wanted to get into college coaching, and you know, Brian Jones gave me that opportunity, and had four great years up there, and uh, won our first Big Sky Conference Championship and Tournament Championship, and 
play in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so now I've played and coached in, in, in that, and so that was an awesome experience. But again, it's always it's always bittersweet to leave. You know, the coaches that you've you've been around, they're like family and friends now, and and, uh, and obviously the players that you know we've recruited up there too. I'm gonna guess you're not gonna miss the weather in Grand Forks, though. <laughs> I think the weather in Kirksville will be a little bit warmer than Grand Forks. I'm guessing so. Maybe a little bit less of. Uh, I'll see a little bit less of uh, snow hills. Well, let's talk a little bit about your new job at Truman State, a D2 program. I, I know Iowa kids have been recruited there in the past. You got a couple already on the roster, and and something I'm sure you're going to consider to uh, keep filling those scholarships. But tell us a little bit about the program. Twenty one season, twenty twenty win season a year ago. Uh, what the expectations are down there, and and what you're looking to build. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, they've been to the uh, tournament the last two years, and so. We're trying to build on that. Um, just kind of, I, I met with pretty much every single one of the players on Wednesday night. Um, I drove down there from Grand Forks on Tuesday and, and met with all those guys. And, you know, there was always a common theme there, and it was winning a GLBC championship, and we want to compete for a national title. And, uh, you know, those guys set their goals really high. And just getting to talk to each one of the guys, they, um, they want to win. And they're great kids. And I watched them, you know, play pickup a little bit. And, um, and they all know how to play the play the game really well and you know they got a lot of experience coming back so they pretty much almost have everyone one back except for one guy and I'm just really excited to get up there and um, you know the chemistry with those guys seems to be awesome and each one of them kind of talks about how tight-knit their their group is and how good the chemistry is and so that's the that's the first thing that you always want with a great team is the chemistry and and obviously those guys can play too so I'm excited to get rolling and I think they are too. Um, you had the opportunity when you were at Valley to coach Peter Jock. Can you find another Peter Jock that maybe is flying under the radar someplace that you can recruit and bring in and uh, make your team that successful? Well, I, I hope so. So if he's uh, if he's flying under the radar, I'm not sure I'll be as highly rated as, as Jock will be, but hopefully uh, our skill development stuff at Truman State can, can hopefully turn someone into that. But we got a really good player uh, there right now. His name's Roderick Thomas. He actually played at Southwestern Community College um, from Bolingbrook, Illinois, and and uh, he's a really good player. So he's uh, he's one of those guys that people want to want to look out for, and I think he could be a uh, you know a D two National Player of the Year. That's how good I think he could be. And uh, you have uh, you're going to reunite with one of your former players as uh, after playing uh, this past season as a redshirt freshman. You get to hang out again with uh, dynamic point guard Turner Scott. That should be fun for you. Yeah, it'll be awesome. So I, t- I uh, as soon as the job came open, I gave Turner a call and just asked him what he thought about everything. And you know, he thought it was a good situation, and, and really talked about how well all the guys got along. So I knew the chemistry was going to be good coming in, and I knew they had a lot of talent coming back. And um, Turner is, you know, one of the most favorite kids that I have ever coached and I've known him since seventh grade and I've coached him a couple of times in, in some AU stuff and then obviously uh, he sat on the bench with us his freshman year in the, in the tournament and then sophomore year obviously we made that magical run where we got second and kind of came out of nowhere and no one expected it and you know Turner was was really the catalyst of that group and you know I was so happy for those guys two years later when they you know won a state title and that was awesome and you know I got Iowa City West back a little bit from from the, his sophomore year, so that was that was great to see. But I'm excited to coach Turner again. He's the second coach on the floor, and he's everything you want in a point guard. Hey Jeff, take me a little bit through the interview process. Obviously, you were looking. How did it all go down? Explain how you got in contact with the athletic department and the interview process as well. 
Yeah, so the uh, actually the day after uh, Chris Foster, who who did who played at U and I, I knew Chris pretty well, and we actually played in the primetime league uh, team together when he was at U and I. So I've known Chris for a really long time. Um, I gave him a call and just asked him, you know, if he'd put in a good word with the AD for me and if I could get his number. And Chris gave me his number, and I shot the AD a text message on a Friday night at like nine o'clock. And um, that next week, we talked on the phone. Um, and then after that, he brought me in a week later on an interview, and I waited about a week because I interviewed a few other guys, too. And, um, and he called me this past Monday and said, hey, do you want to be our new head coach? And I was just ecstatic. So, uh, you know, getting to know the people down there and, and going down there and being able to talk to the team and just meeting, meeting the people in Kirksville, it was, it was a great place to be, and there's a lot of, a lot of great people down there, a little bit smaller city than Grand Forks, but... Uh, in, in my opinion, the people make the place, and, and I think it's a great spot for me to be at. Uh, small world, Jeff. Uh, me and Foster had a bunch of classes together at UNI. <laughs> I, I hadn't even realized that he was the coach there at Truman State. And, uh, wow, things come in full circle. Very cool and, and a great guy. And always uh, love talking with him and knows his basketball well. So you got some big shoes to fill down there. Hey, he stacked up that roster pretty nice, though. What's next? Uh, you're looking, you would have to think, D2 is not your ultimate destination. Is it just come as a go, or do you have an ultimate goal in your coaching career? Yeah, I think the one, you know, the one thing that I've always kind of told myself uh, when I was done in Iowa, I, and I went overseas and played, and I played in the D-League for a year, was I, I kind of kept always worrying about where I was going to be next and those type of things. And, and really, when I look back on it now, I didn't, wasn't able to really fully enjoy the moment that I was in. So, um, you know, I could be at Truman State for the next 30 years of my life. I don't, I don't know that. So I'm, but, you know, with, I have a family now, and so I don't want to be, you know, schlepping those kids all over the place, those types of things. And, and um, you know, once you have kids, it changes your perspective on pretty much everything. So I don't know what the future holds for me. All I know is that uh, we're going we're gonna to try to put in work here at Truman State and, uh, and get, get over the hump that we've, um, that we've been at. But, you know, obviously, anytime you you're thinking about leaving a program, it's, it's never an easy decision because you know you're basically this team's second family, and, and you know you're you're telling these parents that you know you're going to take care of their sons, and you know so it's not not ever easy trying to trying to move or anything like that. But you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be at Truman State, and I'm ready to get going. Uh, Jeff, look, how do you you're on the recruiting trail as we speak? How do you convince then somebody that you think can really help your ball club to come to Truman State? Do you have like a set pitch that you use, or is it different uh, for every kid that you speak to? Uh, it's probably a little bit situational with each kid that you kind of speak to, but. The one thing that, you know, I'll really pitch to a lot of guys is, uh, you know, they've, they've moved up. They've had, uh, five 20 win seasons in a row now. If you want to be part of a great program, you can come in here and, and win and be around great people. And I think that's, that's the most important thing. So, and Truman State is a very high academic school as well. And I think very well known around the Midwest. So if you get your degree from there, people know how good of academics it is there. And I think that's something that, you know, each kid can really take from that university when they're done playing basketball. And, and just, uh, you know, I'm a player's coach as well, so I'm going to give guys a lot of confidence and, and a lot of free reign on offense. But, you know, I always expect guys to play hard, and, and I think they want to play for a coach that is always going to have their back. All right, Jeff, uh, before we let you go, we, we got to go in the way back machine and go <laughs> back to your days in Iowa City. And, uh, well, first, look at the Hawkeye program. I know you kept close tabs on things. I know you've watched the games 
and last year was so frustrating for Hawkeye fans out there. When you look at what's coming back and, and the decision still out there, Tyler Cook, what's going to happen with him? What needs to change going into next year? What, what can get this team back to being in the running for being an NCAA tournament team? Well, geez, man, you make me you make me sound kind of old here. You are old. You, you are old. Come on. <laughs> I know. I am old, man. I can't. I can't deny that anymore. So, um, but no, I, I definitely keep in touch with all with the Hawkeye, uh, you know, Hawkeye basketball, those types of things. And I think Fran has a, a great group of guys. I think that they had to kind of learn how to play without Pete last year, which I think you know took them a little while to do that, but. They got a lot of guys coming back, and I think that, you know, if they just stepped it up a little bit on the defensive end, which I think that they all know that, that's no secret, and Fran knows that. And, um, you know, so I think if they do that, good things are going to come from them, but also, you know, they're going to get some guys back from, you know, I know Connor McCaffrey is coming back from the red shirt, and he had a, you know, awful just health season um, as far as that goes. But, you know, they're going to be pretty good coming back, and, you know, hopefully the game slows down for them a little bit, bit more, but the experience that they have coming back I think is going to play a crucial part. And, uh, you know, those guys are going to fight and claw until the end. And, you know, Iowa teams, that's what they do, and that's what they're known for. Uh, just because you're a homeboy, can we check in with you uh, once uh, basketball gets underway just to have you on the show from time to time? Oh, yeah. Hit me up anytime you guys want. So I'm, I'm always ready to do an interview and, and talk about basketball. So that's, that's why I got into coaching, so I keep doing that. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, Jeff. Uh, best of luck on the recruiting trail, and don't forget about those CML kids, all right? All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Jeff Horner, brand-new coach, Truman State. You know, I had to look it up. I know it's named after Harry Truman. Yes, yes. But but what, but wasn't it like Northeast Missouri State for the longest time? Uh, could be the case. I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm still dumbfounded. One of my uh, good buddies in class, Chris Foster, was the head yeah. coach there before. Yeah. I mean, how yeah, that's amazing. Small world. I, I hear Chris Foster. I'm like, hey, I, I know that guy. I know that guy. We, <laughs> we went to you and I together. He was a very good basketball player with the Panthers. And, and sure enough, and he left to take another job in that conference, which is uh, very interesting. Taking mm-hmm. over uh, another school there. So, yeah, Jeff Horner, he, he's one of the best people. And I got to see him down at the state basketball tournament for a little bit. Uh, you know, he his name was rumored to be out there for the Drake job. You know, probably in terms of experience, it still was early for a job like Drake. But he's a guy that knows the game so well, Jim. I got to know him uh, a lot during our days uh, coaching and teaching over in West Des Moines. Sure. And the way that he looks at the game he was a very good basketball player, all Big Ten player, you know that, but he knows the game so well. His dad was a coach, all these different things. I think Jeff Horner's going to end up at a big spot. I don't think this is going to be the end of the road for him. You're going to keep hearing that name, and he's going to be rising up the coaching ranks. I, I'm with you. Look, I, I think the guy is talented. Uh, I think he it's like anybody else. Sometimes you just have to get that initial break, mm-hmm. and he's getting it right now. Trent, look, if he has success and he, there is talent on that team, you could hear that in his voice. Yeah. He does have, he has players. If he can fortify it even a little more and truly be successful, uh, his phone then will blow up after two years. There, there's no question about that with schools who lose their coach or believe they have to make a change because it's not going the way they hoped that it would. And everybody's looking for the new young gun. And I have a feeling that 
Horner is going to be one of those guys in a couple of years. Very cool. We're taking a break here, coming back. we got the 5 o'clock hour right around the corner. A lot more. We'll get back into the NFL draft and a whole lot more as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. It's Jimmy B and TC.